Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz, and you are my People of the Book. Well, now that the official mourning period for Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II is over, and her funeral has happened, it's done, and I'm sure we can all agree that. No one can beat the British for pomp and pageantry. And watching that funeral the other day, I I was fascinated. I mean, not a single person, well, no one that I noticed, put a foot out of place. And I was thinking, I mean, imagine if, if you're the person who puts a foot wrong. I just, I couldn't imagine how that might feel. But nobody did, not that I noticed. It was... A fascinating spectacle, really. It was really incredible, quite moving. And and the thought crossed my mind that it was actually, in a way, quite mesmerizing to watch and really a fitting farewell to someone who, who dedicated her life to service. So I thought it was the right time to take a look at some books about the Queen and the royals. And no matter your opinion on the royals and monarchy and what they stand for, what they are, who they are. You know, it, it, there's something about them. And people look up to them. People are fascinated by them. People follow them. And the, the characters, the people who they are and what they represent and the, the drama that, that unfolds, the, the drama that seems to follow them in, in latter years, really, it's been, it's been something to see. So I took a look and um, found some very interesting books. And as usual, I've tried to look for books that are less mainstream. Some obviously have really uh, been, there's been a lot of hype about some of them. So I've tried to, to look for some that may have not made made a public splash so I hope that there'll be something here that maybe you haven't heard of that you'll be uh, looking for I found them some of them are quite interesting but just to give a little bit of background in case you might not know about Elizabeth her background when she was born she was actually third in line to the throne and at the time it was in fact highly unlikely that she would ever become queen as her uncle Edward who at the time was the heir presumptive uh, I found that all the terminology is very interesting he was young he was expected to have children who would precede Elizabeth in the line of succession but then just months after her grandfather George V died in 1936 and her uncle Edward ascended the throne he then decided to abdicate Uh, because he wanted to marry an American divorcee by the name of Wallace Simpson. And he very controversially gave up his role. And he then made her father, King George VI, the king. And Elizabeth became the heir apparent. And Edward's abdication was a massive shock, a shock to the system for the entire royal family and to the Commonwealth as a whole. And because it had been assumed that Edward would take a suitable wife, he'd remain king and thrust into that role very unexpectedly, the Duke of York, who became King George VI, he felt massively ill-prepared 
for that new role. So when he became king, he was determined that Elizabeth would be much better prepared than he was and immediately started grooming her for the role. And I think we can agree that indeed she was very well prepared by the time she needed to become queen. So the first book that I really could not ignore was the book that came out in January this year. It's called The Queen, 70 Glorious Years. It's a beautiful hardcover book. It was produced by the Royal Collection Trust, and it is the official souvenir publication that celebrates the Platinum Jubilee of Queen Elizabeth II. She was, is... Britain's longest-serving monarch. Many do mistakenly call her the world's longest-serving monarch, which is actually incorrect. And in February of this year, 2022, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II marked 70 years as monarch with a celebration known as the Platinum Jubilee. And this official publication honours her reign with a beautiful and very special selection of photographs captured by professional and amateur photographers alike. And these photographs document Her Majesty's early life before she acceded uh, to the throne in 1952. Obviously, they cover her official role as monarch, her travel at home and abroad in support of the Commonwealth, Commonwealth her fondness for animals, which is well known, and her family life, they also demonstrate her continued efforts to give thanks to those who served the monarchy and their communities, from official garden parties uh, to the Order of the Garter. And if you're wondering what that is, as I did many times over the past couple of weeks, every time it was mentioned, um, I'm going to let you know what that is um, in a few minutes. So these photographs in this book are all accompanied by resonant quotations from speeches that were given by the Queen over the years, including her wartime Children's Hour radio broadcasts, which she gave at the age of 14, uh, her first televised Christmas speech in 1957, and her speech welcoming President Obama and the First Lady during their state visit in 2011. So with a various, uh, very, very varied wide selection of photographs from Her Majesty's reign, the Queen actually takes readers on a photographic journey of her remarkable life of duty and service. And this is The Queen, 70 Glorious Years, a gorgeous hardcover book that um, is dedicated to her life and to her platinum jubilee. So, as I promised you, what is the Order of the Garter? Nothing to do with, with that, that wedding ceremony about throwing the garter. The most noble Order of the Garter is an English Order of Chivalry. I mean, you know, leave it to the English. It was started in 1348 by King Edward III of England. It's the highest level of knighthood that can be given by the English monarch. It's the world's oldest national order of knighthood. And membership in the order is limited to people who have done many great things for the United Kingdom. It's made up of a very small number of people. And the group inc includes the sovereign, the king or the queen at the time of Britain. No more than 25 full members. And those members are called companions. Male companions are called knight companions. Female members are called lady companions. And there are also a number of extra members known as 
supernumerary knights and ladies. They're usually members of the British royal family and monarchs of other countries. The, only the monarch can grant membership to the order, and he or she is known as the sovereign of the garter. The Prince of Wales, who now the king, is known as a knight companion of the garter. So there you have it. That's the order of the garter. And I'll be back with more books about the queen and the royals after this. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. You're listening to People of the Book. And today I am chatting about... Books on the royals, the queen and her family, now that the official mourning period is over, I thought it would be quite fitting to chat about books that, that talk about that quite secret enclave of the royal family. So I've chatted about a beautiful book that was brought out for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Let's move on. Elizabeth and Margaret, The Intimate World of the Windsor Sisters, was written by Andrew Morton. It was brought out a few years ago. I'm not actually sure of the year. But before they were regal women waving white-gloved hands at adoring crowds, Elizabeth and her sister, Princess Margaret, were a formidable and occasionally antagonistic pair, leading an insulated and carefree life, according to Morton. He's described as the king of royalty, and um, he relies on off-shared sagas, for instance, the particulars of Margaret's love life, but he makes an important point. The Windsors were regular siblings before they were royals, and he writes that the two sisters were contradictory and conflicted, butting heads over matters both small and monumental, but they also loved one another. Uh, you might know that Andrew Morton, he's the author of books on Prince Andrew, Meghan Markle, we'll get to her, and many others. But he focuses here on the Queen and her sister. Uh, and if you are a viewer of The Crown, you'll know that she was a slightly wild and rather embittered character forever and inevit inevitably in her more reserved sibling's shadow. And this book adds detail to the portrait of two very different girls. And then they became women, and there was growing tension between them. And while they were the best of friends as children, when Elizabeth was crowned at age 25, Margaret suddenly was in a position where she found that she would have to curtsy to the sister that she grew up calling Lilibet. And she would have to bow to her wishes. And Morton writes that if this book leaves you wanting more, there's more coming. And he is bringing out a biography of the Queen called, very um, cleverly, The Queen. I think it's coming out in November. And in some countries, it may have already been released. So there is more to come about that. I know that for many who watch The Crown, a lot of inside information there, quite controversial and there is a crown companion, the official companion. Uh, I think only two were brought out. And the first companion, volume one, was all about Elizabeth, her relationship with Winston Churchill, the making of a young queen. And the companion was contributed to by Robert Lacey. Claire Foy played Queen Elizabeth II, John Lithgow was Winston Churchill. And 
The Queen starred Helen Mirren. It paints really a unique and intimate portrait of of the monarch. And the official companion gives an in-depth exploration of these early years. It's, it gives extensive research, a lot of additional material, and exclusive and beautifully reproduced images. And one of the show's most powerful themes, if you do watch it, you'll know this, is that the royals don't choose their duty. It is thrust upon them. And Princess Elizabeth at the time never expected her father to die so suddenly and so young, leaving her not only a throne to fill, but a global institution to govern. She was crowned at the the young age of 25. She was already a, a wife. She was a mother to two small children. And she was, she was, you know, just a young woman. And she was learning to become a queen while facing her own challenges within her own family. And it's a story of how she drew on all her strength and, and that British upper lip and reserve to deal with crises not only on, on the continent but in, within her own home as well. And the, the official companions are just, if you enjoy the show, really it's something that, that you'll thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. They are, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes photos and meticulously researched images from the time and just so much more. And you'll love this if you enjoy The Crown. Uh, something that, when I was doing research for this, all the different websites, websites that I accessed about books to do with the royals, to do with the queen, a book that kept coming up was something called The Palace Papers. It's fairly new. It came out in April this year. It's called The Palace Papers, Inside the House of Windsor, The Truth and the Turmoil, and it's by Tina Brown. So even if you think you know, if you follow the royals closely, uh, if you think you know all there is to know about the very difficult last decade in the life of the royal family, uh, even if you think you don't care, you will find yourself riveted by this book. It's acerbically funny, it's compassionate, and it is fully sourced, researched, background info. It is ingeniously structured. It has chapters devoted to central players whose stories tell a much broader story of the Windsors through their many rises and falls. And the author, Tina Brown, is particularly sympathetic when it comes to imagining the romantic lives of her protagonists. And she has pictured everyone here as a protagonist. The result has the exhilaration of real-life gossip while offering a moving depiction of a family and a nation at a moment of monumental change. It's a gripping inside story of the British royal family's battle to overcome the dramas of the Diana years, only to confront new 21st century crises. Shortly after Princess Diana's very tragic death, Queen Elizabeth II made never again her mantra. More specifically, she said that there could never be another Diana, a member of the family whose global popularity upstaged, outshone, and posed an existential threat to the British monarchy. And she picks up where her previous book, The Diana Chronicles, left off 
and I'm going to talk about that shortly. And this reveals how the royal family reinvented itself after the traumatic years when Diana's blazing celebrity ripped through the House of Windsor. Uh, she takes readers on a tour de force journey through the scandals, love affairs, power plays, betrayals that have buffeted the monarchy over the last 25 years. And we see the Queen's stoic resolve after the passing of Princess Margaret, the Queen Mother, Prince Philip, who was her partner for seven decades, and how she triumphed in her jubilee years, even as her family troubles raged around her. She explores Prince Charles's determination to make Camilla Parker Bowles his wife, the tension between William and Harry, who were on very different path, paths, the ascendance of Kate Middleton, the downfall of Prince Andrew, Harry and Meghan's stunning decision to step back as senior royals, and uh, despite the fragile monarchy's best efforts never again seems fast approaching, Tina Brown has been observing and chronicling the British monarchy for three decades, and this sweeping account is full of powerful revelations, newly reported details, searing insights gleaned from remarkable access to royal insiders. It's stylish, it's witty, it's erudite, and the palace papers will irrevocably change how the world perceives and understands the royal family. This one really sounds like something to look for if you want the inside scoop on what is going on inside the palace. Next one up, very interesting this, the other side of the coin. The queen, the dresser and the wardrobe. This came out in 2019 and it's by Angela Kelly. It was fully endorsed by, by the queen and it's written by her trusted confidant who, who was actually her, originally her dresser and apparently when they were together, laughter echoed through the corridors of Buckingham Palace. She worked with the Queen. She walked the corridors of the royal household for 25 years, initially as, as Her Majesty's senior dresser, and then as her personal advisor, curator, um, and her wardrobe and in-house designer. She was the first person in history to hold this title, and she shared a uniquely close working relationship with the Queen. In this book, The Other Side of the Coin, the Queen personally gave Angela her blessing to share this extraordinary bond with the world, whether it was preparing for a formal occasion, brightening her day with a playful joke, Angela's priority was to serve and to support. The book shares never-before-seen photographs, many from Angela's own private collection, and some charming anecdotes of their time spent together. It's a revealing book. It provides memorable insights into what it was like to work closely with the Queen, what it was like to curate her wardrobe, and to discover a true and lasting connection along the way. And this sounds like something just very different uh, from someone who was really close to the Queen, something, you know, really special. It's called The Other Side of the Coin, The Queen, The Dresser, and The Wardrobe. And something else quite special, my husband and I, and for those who've listened to the Queen's speeches, if you have followed the Queen closely, you'll know that she 
often spoke about her husband and I can hear the voice in my head where she used to go, my husband and I, that was a really shocking uh, um, rendition of, of her voice. But that's how she spoke about herself and Philip. And my husband and I, the inside story of 70 years of the royal marriage was written by Ingrid Seward. And if you were gripped by season two, again, of The Crown's deep dive into Elizabeth and Philip's once troubled marriage, I mean, it was rocky um, earlier on, then this one is for you. The marriage of Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip was at the centre of the nation's life. I mean, people did obsess about it. And in this book, it reveals the real story of a loving and enduring relationship. Princess Elizabeth met and fell in love with this dashing naval lieutenant, Prince Philip of Greece and Denmark, but it wasn't without its problems. Um, it brought a splash of colour to a nation that was still in the grip of post-war austerity back then. And when they married in Westminster Abbey in November of 1947, there were 3,000 guests. That included six kings, seven queens, and pomp and ceremony, as the British do. Within five years, as Queen Elizabeth II, she ascended to the throne, and later she was crowned in front of millions watching um, through the new medium of television. And throughout her record-breaking reign until his death on the 9th of April 2021, um, Elizabeth relied on that formidable partnership that she had made with him. And Ingrid Seward is a royal biographer, and she sheds new light on that relationship and the impact that it had on their family and on the nation. And in this book, My Husband and I, we discover challenges faced by Prince Philip as he had to learn to play second fiddle to the Queen in all their public engagements. But there's also a revealing insight into how their relationship operated behind closed doors. And as the years went by, there were rumours of marital troubles and a lot of debate over how to bring up their children. They had to deal with family trauma from scandalous divorces to shocking deaths, all in the full glare of the public eye. And it couldn't have been easy. But somehow their relationship endured and provided a model of constancy to inspire all around them. It's not only this is not only a vivid portrait of a hugely important marriage, but it is a celebration of the power of love. On to another very interesting one, not a new one. It came out in 2014, and it's called On Duty with the Queen by Dickie Arbiter. And it's a wonderful and honest book by the former press secretary to the royal family. And Dickie Arbiter reveals the inner workings of everyday life inside Buckingham Palace and what it's really like to be on duty with the Queen. He has four decades of experience covering royalty as a journalist and as one of Her Majesty's press secretaries. Dickie Arbiter had unprecedented access to the inner circle of some of the most intriguing news stories over the years and is the only royal commentator to have witnessed the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II and who has covered her silver, golden and diamond jubilees. He was appointed a press spokesman for Queen Elizabeth II in 1988 and was immediately catapulted into the media circus surrounding the world's most famous and divisive family. From sailing in the royal yacht Britannia, escorting Prince Charles on far-flung trips across the globe and the Commonwealth, 
and joining Her Majesty for washing up duties following a picnic in Balmoral Castle to becoming one of Princess Diana's most trusted confidants before briefing the world's media of her untimely death. Dickie was at the forefront of the decision-making at the palace during the most turbulent decade in the monarchy's reign. Open, entertaining, enlightening and surprising, on duty with the Queen is a wonderful account of a once-in-a-lifetime job and a truly unique service to the Crown. So let's move on to some other royals. And I think that the one who probably captured the hearts more than any other was Princess Diana. And the first book that, that caught my attention was a book called The Day Diana Died. It came out in 1998 and it was reprinted in 2017. It's by Christopher Anderson. And there's a quote here that says, when I was born, I was unwanted. When I married Charles, I was unwanted. When I joined the royal family, I was unwanted. I want to be wanted. And that is a direct quote from Diana, Princess of Wales. Where were you the day Diana died? Like the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the tragic death of the Princess of Wales on August the 31st, 1997, is one of the defining benchmarks in history, an event that touched each of us so profoundly, we'll never forget the moment we heard the news. 20 years after the Paris car crash that, crash that ended Diana's life at age 36, the story of her remarkable life and tragic death still have the power to mesmerise. Following her storybook wedding to Prince Charles, she had evolved from shy die into the planet's most photographed, written about, and talked about woman, indeed the most famous person in the world. For all Diana's global fame, much of the human drama that swirled around her death remained veiled in mystery and intrigue. Here, in the manner of his 17 New York Times bestsellers, Christopher Anderson draws upon important sources, many of whom are agreeing to speak for the first time to recreate in vivid and often startling detail the events leading up to that fateful night in Paris. And among many of these startling revelations are important information about Diana's final moments alive and her last words, Princess, Prince Charles' surprising reaction to the news of her death, including his shock the first time he saw her body, the broken romance that pushed Diana into the arms of Dodi Fayed and their curious relationship, and whether or not she truly planned to marry him, Diana's spiritual quest and the warnings that might have saved her, and final answers to persistent rumours that she was pregnant at the time, and at the end what she wanted for her sons, the vision of a future King William, and the American icon she most wanted him to emulate, Diana was in every sense of the word larger than life, a force of nature that, as the royal family learned, could be neither dismissed nor ignored. A bittersweet saga of triumph, love and loss. The day Diana died captures those last days when Diana's star never shone brighter and evokes the beauty, grace, heartache and compassion that made Diana one of the most compelling figures of our time. Today we are talking about books about the Queen and the Royal Family. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. You're listening to People of the Book and today we are talking 
the royals, the royal family, whether you love them or not. You cannot deny that they are a fascinating entity and they've been written about negatively, positively, with or without their permission, and each and every one of them has a story to tell. So, without further ado, we've spoken about the Queen, we've spoken about Diana, let's talk about Charles. So, there's a lot of heated debate about whether people wanted or didn't want him to actually have the title of king. Let's face it, he's waited a very, very long time. And the book Prince Charles, The Passions and Paradoxes of an Impossible Life came out in 2017. It's written by Sally Bedell Smith. She wrote Elizabeth the Queen and this was the first major biography of Prince Charles in more than 20 years. Again, it's described as perfect for fans of the crown, as so many of these books are. And she has written about the British royal family before. And this gives a very new look at Prince Charles. He is the oldest heir to the throne in more than 300 years. And this is a vivid and very eye-open biography. It's a product of four years of research, hundreds of interviews with palace officials, former girlfriends, interestingly enough, spiritual gurus, and more. Some speaking on the record for the first time. Um, it's the first authoritative treatment of Charles's life that sheds light on the death of Diana and his marriage to Camilla and his preparations to take the throne. He brings to life the real man with all of his ambitions, insecurities, and convictions. And it begins with his lonely childhood in which he struggled to live up to his father's expectations and sought companionship from the Queen Mother and his great uncle, Lord Mountbatten. Follows him through difficult years at school, his early love affairs, his intellectual quests, his entrepreneurial pursuits, and his intense search for spiritual meaning. It tells of the tragedy of his marriage to Diana, his eventual reunion with his true love, Camilla, and his relationships with William, Kate, Harry, and his grandchildren. Ranging from his glamorous palaces to his country homes, from his globe-trotting travels to his local initiatives, Smith shows how Prince Charles possesses a fiercely independent spirit and yet has spent more than six decades waiting for his destined role, living a life dictated by protocols he often struggles to obey with keen insight and the discovery of unexpected new details. Smith lays bare the contradictions of a man who is more complicated, tragic and compelling than we knew until now. And... It's quite interesting because I think he's he's a man that is often just not considered. He was just, you know, on the side and waiting in the wings. And I think it remains to be seen how he is going to prove himself as king. And we await and see what he's going to do with that role. So following that... Um, I discovered a book called The Duchess, Camilla Parker Bowles and the Love Affair that Rocked the Crown. And this came out in 2018. It's by Penny Juna. It's the first in-depth biography of Camilla 
Duchess of Cornwall, the infamous other woman who made the marriage of Britain's Prince Charles and Princess Diana a bit crowded, as Diana described it. I think her quote was something like, well, it's a bit crowded because there's three of us here. Penny June is also an esteemed royal biographer, and she tells the unlikely and extraordinary story of the woman who was reviled as a pariah and who, thanks to numerous twists of fate, became the popular princess consort, now the queen consort. Few know the Windsor family as well as veteran veteran royal biographer and journalist Penny Juna. And in The Duchess, she casts her insightful, sensitive eye on the intriguing, once widely despised and little-known Camilla Parker Bowles, revealing in full for the first time the remarkable rise of a woman who was the most notorious mistress in the world. As Camilla's marriage to Charles approached in 2005, the British public were upset at the prospect that this woman, universally reviled for wrecking the royal marriage, would one day become queen. Sensitive to public opinion, the palace announced that this would never happen. When Charles eventually acceded to the throne, Camilla would be known as the Princess Consort. Yet, a decade later, British public sentiment had changed, with a majority believing that Camilla should become queen. Juna argues that although Camilla played a central role in the darkest days of the modern monarchy, Charles and Diana's acrimonious and scandalous split, she also played a central role in restoring the royal family's reputation, especially that of Prince Charles. A woman with no ambition to be a princess, a duchess, or a queen, Camilla simply wanted to be with and support the man who has always been the love of her life. Juna contends that their marriage has reinvigorated Charles, allowing him to finally become comfortable as the heir to the British throne. And um, I think I saw a quote somewhere saying that he is happiest when he's with her. She makes him happy. And I think that that public sentiment has definitely changed towards her. And it's changed enough that she is now the queen consort and will take up that role. So there you have it. It's changed enough that uh, that's, that's her role. So king and his queen consort. More after this. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. This is People of the Book, and today we've been taking a royal tour, a look at the royal family, how it's evolved, what books have been written about them, and there are so, so many. And it's really interesting to see what take there is on them and what positive books there are. I think there are a lot of negative ones. It depends what you are looking for, if you want the gossip, if you want to look at them in a positive light. You know, go and Google There's just so much out there. And interestingly enough, there are not a lot of books about Kate Middleton, uh, previously Duchess of Cambridge, now Princess of Wales. All of the recent books seem to be books about her fashion and her style, lookbooks, photo books, portraits, and lots of books like that. And really, a lot of books that I found were written either just after her engagement, 
to William or even before she got engaged to him, there is a book that came out in 2013 by Katie Nichol called Kate, the Future Queen. It's She wrote a book called William and Harry, uh, and she's a renowned royal family news correspondent. It's the first in-depth biography that was written about Kate Middleton, and it takes an inside look at the life of the future Queen of England, Kate Middleton, and since becoming Duchess Catherine of Cambridge in 2011, it just talks about how she captivated royal fans around the world, and the book talks about her early life, her first romances, and her love affair with Prince William, and how she has learnt about royal life, and it talks about her first pregnancy. But pretty much everything in latter years that has come out about Kate Middleton, as I said, is all about her fashion and her style, which is, of course, I mean, one cannot deny it's absolutely stunning. But uh, when it comes to Meghan and Harry, uh, it's a different story. And a book came out just a few months ago called Revenge, Meghan, Harry and the War Between the Windsors. It was an instant number one international bestseller, an explosive tell-all, and it reveals the inside story about Meghan Markle's journey from a minor actress, an attempted activist, to a woman who was powerful enough, they say, to drive a wedge within the British royal family. Uh, it, it gives quite a negative spin, I'll be honest. Uh, talks about a childhood spent on Hollywood film sets. She fought hard for stardom. But even when she landed her breakthrough role on Suits, her dream of worldwide celebrity remained elusive until she met the man who would change her life, Prince Harry. And their whirlwind romance culminated with the ultimate fairy tale ending, which was their 2018 wedding at Windsor Castle. And it seemed that the beginning, this would be the beginning of a fresh era for the British royal family. But within one tumultuous year, the dream became a nightmare. And in the aftermath of what this book calls the infamous Megxit split and the Oprah Winfrey interview, the increasingly toxic relationship between the two Windsor sides seemed forever ruptured. What does the future hold for Meghan and Harry, and can the rest of the Windsors restore their reputation? It says that this has extensive research, exclusive insider interviews. Britain's leading investigative biographer unravels the tangled web of courtroom drama, courtier politics, thwarted childhood dreams to reveal this bombshell story of love, betrayal, secrets, deceit, and revenge. So it looks like this one has gone looking for the gossip and it's it's the paparazzi version of the Meghan and Harry story. I'm sure that uh, if one wanted to look at a more positive version of Meghan's story because she was a very young advocate for women's rights when she was a teenager, actually. She worked in soup kitchens. She at one stage, was a popular and successful actress. So if you want to look for a more positive spin on it, she did have a lot of positive points in her background. Their wedding was a very joyful occasion. And so this book looks 
like it is quite a disturbingly negative take on the whole Meghan and Harry saga. So whichever way you look at it, that's a wrap for the royals. And that's a wrap from me for today. I wish you all a Shana Tova Mutuka. I hope you are spending it with loved ones. And I hope that this year and this Yom Tov brings you all that you wish for yourself. I hope it's uplifting. I hope that we all see revealed good. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Do what you love and read a book. <laughs>